the IBM Cloud Platform Cast, coming to you every show with information about new capabilities and releases. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the IBM Cloud Platform Cast. We're hosts from the offerings team here at IBM Cloud. My name is Ian Lynch. And this is Steve Choquette. And today we're joined by two offering managers from our infrastructure team. So I have Milan Patel and Michael Fork on the call with us today. So Milan and Michael, glad to have you with us. Thanks, Steve. So let's let's start with you, Michael. So Michael, when people talk about infrastructure and cloud, what do they usually talk about? What do they mean? So when people ask me that question, typically it's it, they're looking to understand kind of what's out there from a, a server storage and networking perspective, right? They're 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 coming from a, typically an on-premise type environment. They're used to what's running on the the floor in the data center, and they want to understand how. Do I translate to the to the cloud? What does it mean? You know, what what can I get? How do I buy it? You know, what are the how do you kind of map it back to what I have so that I can understand what what flavors of VMs do you have? How do I get storage? And and a lot of times just trying to understand how do I map it back to to on premise and kind of the world that I'm used to. So I guess guys, we've we've been to a lot of conferences recently and we've seen what's kind of new happening and everything around in the marketplace. And I guess when I'm picking out a cloud provider, I'm really looking for specifics, I guess. So, Milan, what what exactly are clients really looking for? What are users looking for in infrastructure? And what's new and happening out there? Now, I don't just mean with IBM. I just mean in general in the market. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that's a that's a lot to talk about here in the short podcast. So I'm going to highlight sort of two two main things that I'm seeing, right? What I see in terms of what clients are looking for, where the markets are going, I think it's all about flexibility. I think from a compute standpoint, there are different type of workloads that clients are looking to bring to the cloud, spanning from you know dev test workloads, having the abilities to deploy, as Michael was indicating, you know small scale virtual servers with the associated storage and network configurations and flexibility, but also going up to all the way to you know large virtual machines. With, with the notion of being able to run these new type of accelerated workloads with GPUs and FPGAs. And that's where I'm mostly jazzed about in, in this space right now is, is the ability to operate and provide services that allow clients to do really cool things as it relates to running workloads with GPUs and FPGAs and giving that full customization from hardware accelerators for clients to run those type of applications. Yeah, but that all sounds great, Miller, right? But what what do we really see people doing with it in the real world? Do we see people running, I don't know, gaming applications or banking applications? What's actually going on in the uh, in the real world? Yeah, so I think a lot of this is predicated on just the emergence, right, of data and how clients and how businesses are trying to make sense of this data, right? So a lot of this is driven through the accelerated computations like we're talking about. So risk analysis is a big thing that we're seeing from uh from, from financial institutions, genomics, uh, data sequencing, things like that, and more of the academia, right? And then even in Germany, right? A lot of the car automotive manufacturers are looking to see how they can enhance simulations and provide safety simulations and for their for their product, right? And they're using GPUs to model that out from a visualization standpoint, as well as from a from a modeling standpoint in terms of what they do to to try to prevent and also accelerate some of their innovations from from a manufacturing standpoint. All right, so so it sounds like you know heavy duty compute workloads and and um, you know even just processing you need yeah. processing power out in the cloud. So Michael, I'm going to turn it back to you. Ian said that that he wasn't going to ask about IBM. I'm going to kind of turn it back and say you know IBM's got a, a cloud infrastructure as well. You know what are we doing? What's what's different about the cloud infrastructure that's out there for IBM? 
I think our, our biggest differentiator is we've really focused on cognitive at, at the core of what we do, right? And how do we infuse what IBM does really well, which is our, our um, cognitive computing into the infrastructure and the set of services we have so that as you bring your workload to the cloud, as Millen said, right? Um, we have like the car manufacturers and all these other large data sources that are coming to IBM cloud. The question becomes, well, how do I actually make value from that, right? I can bring the data, but at the end of the day, I'm not solving an infrastructure problem, I'm solving a business problem, right? And infrastructure is part of that business problem. But if I'm bringing that data here, um, how do I actually start and, and drive value from it, combine it with things like weather data, right? Having um, car data from cars actually driving on the road and being able to combine that with weather data is hugely powerful for a lot of these auto companies. And I think that's that's really from an IBM perspective, our biggest differentiator is what we bring to the table with our cognitive capabilities. Um, and and you know, coupled with that, the, the recent acquisition we had of CleverSafe and the object storage technology gives us a world-class object storage platform with, with proven scale and in security capabilities that you know people can confidently bring that data to IBM Cloud and then know they can use it across our breadth of, of compute offerings, whether it's um, bare metal, virtual servers, containers, OpenWhisk, combine that with our object storage platform and our cognitive capabilities, and you have everything you need to, to really launch and start solving those business problems, not just technology problems. So Michael, I'm actually glad you mentioned bare metal. So bare metal, it's not that it confuses me, but it's always kind of baffled me of when would I use this as opposed to using, let's say, a virtual server? So you're talking about this massive amount of workload and heavy compute. Is that the only case where I'd run bare metal or is that the case where I'd run bare metal? So bare metal typically comes down to a couple of things and it depends on where you're hitting your, your resource constraints, right? If you are network constrained, if you are CPU constrained, in, in all cases, right, moving to moving to bare metal will give you more, more processing power, more uh, networking bandwidth, throughput, right, more local disk because no longer are you sharing it. It is yours and it's dedicated to you. And so if you have a workload that um, scales up better than it scales out, which means taking, you know, you, your network constrained and it's easier and, and more effective for you to get a bare metal machine where you can have dual path 10 gig E, for example, um, you cannot get that today on, on a VM. So you want to move over to bare metal when you need those dedicated resources that are not shared um, and, and to be able to fully exploit them versus using a, a platform where you know, you, you're going to get less than, than the full bare metal box. So I'm going to pull out the crystal ball, or actually I'm going to ask Ian um, to pull out uh, the, his crystal ball as well and ask Michael and Millen, uh, both of you, maybe Millen first, what do you see coming on the horizon? Is there just something new and exciting for cloud infrastructure or even in the infrastructure space in general? So I'll, I'll go first. I mean, from an infrastructure point of view, right, there's a there's a couple of things. I mean, clearly, as we move into the future, um, at, we're, we're continually making incremental improvements on infrastructure, especially on the speeds and feeds. Right? We're seeing storage move to NVMe and other technologies that that are you know, orders of magnitude faster than, than a lot of cases what we have in place today. Um, we're seeing continual jumps in networking um, throughput from uh, 40 gig E and 100 gig E. Um, all of these lead to incremental improvements in, in what processing power you, know, you can get in the data center. 
And so to me, that's exciting as you keep looking forward and, and all of these in, improvements that will be coming to market, um, the, the possibilities of what you can do keep growing, right? And, and that's where as an enabler of, of the up the stack technologies, of the cognitive technologies and, and the business problems that people need to solve versus the technology ones, every one of those evolutions gives you know uh, significantly more power to those applications that, that are up the stack from us. Yeah, and, and, and to add to what Michael was saying, right, on the horizon, we're targeting more so vertical business problems rather than generic issues and generic use cases that clients are going after, right? We're targeting and building the infrastructure so that we optimize the use cases and, and business problems in finance industries and healthcare industries and manufacturing industries, right? And and I think up to this date, I, I would say infrastructure has this misconception of just being commoditized, but we'll, I think what we're doing and as as we understand some of the things that we're we're hearing from clients, right? We're on this evolution of providing this new 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 and enhanced version of infrastructure as we understand what what clients what clients are coming with and what business problems they're mentioning. As as, as Michael mentioned, right? Higher 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 network speeds because they're running these HPC applications and new workloads, being able to provide GPUs and FPGAs and other type of computes at scale, right? Being able to provide enhanced storage. And, and, and the capacity that addresses some of the workloads that clients are bringing. Um, if I wanted to go and tell my developer friend or someone who's in line of business or architect or whoever, even my grandmother, if someone was interested in finding out more information, whereabouts can they go to find that? Yeah, so so I think we've got a lot of touch points. Bluemix.com, I would say, is the way that you can understand and get a good breadth of knowledge of what we're doing with with the with our cloud infrastructure as well as well as other cloud cloud services, we also have a Bluemix blog that allows you to get apprised of the, the latest information that's coming out in terms of releases and new feature functionality. So I so I recommend going out to Bluemix.com and, and starting there as a launch point to understanding what what value we're bringing from an IBM cloud standpoint. Great stuff, guys. I guess for myself and Steve, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been it's been incredible. Um, I guess Steve, we'll have the guys back on the show. Guaranteed. Guys, again, thanks for so much for coming on the show today. And for myself and Steve, thanks for tuning in. See you next time on the IBM Cloud Platform Cast.